0: to the med street journal hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Med Journal podcast. I'm your host today, Rodney Hu, and I'm joined by another amazing guest, Mr. Ivan Dunsky. He is the CEO of Domingos, and they are an IT development company, and they build solutions for healthcare companies and startups. They are deeply involved in their clients' business targets and use advanced technologies to build unique solutions that help hospitals, senior living facilities, and healthcare startups streamline their processes and build new competitive IT products. And so, With that being said, I'm excited to have Ivan on and share his journey and share what he's doing in the industry. So That being said, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Why don't we just get into it? Why don't we give people a quick background of who you are and your journey into the healthcare industry?
1: Yeah, of course. So I got into the industry from the software development side. And when I started my IT career, I wanted to create products that would bring real value to organizations and people. And uh, now I run a software engineering company in Ukraine uh, called domigos and we provide services to startups and different businesses. And uh, our journey began in 2016. At that time, we started working with a US-based home care company, Wendy's Team. And its amazing founder, Wendy Town. Wendy has an outstanding background in healthcare and insurance. And back then she decided to build a software system for new home home care business in Denver. And that was an exciting journey that showed us how IT products can make a real impact to um, businesses and help businesses grow. We learned a lot about the medical industry and got this experience in building products for seniors. And after that, other requests for digital healthcare projects started dropping into our inbox. And we understood that this uh, industry really has potential for innovation. And we decided to focus um, on solutions for healthcare and age tech. And uh, since then, I've been researching this industry personally. And yeah, it is important for me to understand the specifics and how we can bring the most significant impact uh, with our solutions to the industry.
0: Nice. Okay. So technically you didn't start in healthcare, but just one client led to another and you guys were just able to pr- prove your worth and that's how the referrals started coming in for you guys, especially yeah. early on.
1: Yeah. Because in, in B2B especially, cases is something that really works. So when clients come in, they want to see what did you already develop for somebody else, for some other company. So that's just nature of this business. And having some experience, like more experience you have, like it gives you more uh, capabilities to take bigger projects and more projects in this field.
0: Awesome. And so you mentioned in the B2B field, the importance of case studies and how that helps your business. So can we speak on that? What sort of accomplishments have you got um, for past clients or what sort of milestones have you guys hit as a company?
1: Yeah. So if we talk about Wendy's team, we built a system that allows the company to scale operations and handle more clients. And uh, now most of the payments happen online. So much much less time is required to process them. And in, in the past, many payments and operations company processed manually. You can imagine how time-consuming these tasks were. And we also implemented a scheduling system for caregivers. And now they have a portal where they can manage their schedules themselves and where they can add information about themselves. And so that gives ability to managers not to spend time on that either. And also, we have a separate portal where clients and their family can schedule uh, visits online. And also, on another note, we built a medical solution for a startup that helps finding nurses for healthcare facilities. And it works pretty simply. Nurses have a mobile app where they can register, uh, add their skills, certifications, and facility managers on the other side can find nurses with the most appropriate skills. They can hire them through the system and nurses can receive payment at the same day, as well as facility managers can manage their internal employees with that system.
0: Oh, okay, nice. And so you as a CEO, as a founder, putting all these different pieces of the puzzle together to create this sort of well-gelled operation, but we all know that it's not easy. So can you speak to some problems and obstacles that you faced as the CEO, as the founder, when doing business in this industry and how were you able to overcome them?
1: Yeah, so for example, when we built Wendy's team, we realized that IT products for seniors should be designed in a slightly different way than products for younger people. And seniors often don't feel that comfortable with new technology and sometimes people of that of this age even don't have email and can be suspicious of online payments so the user experience should be very straightforward and simple and like when you design products for age tech you should take into account all these aspects and also on another note The healthcare industry is very regulated, so you also need to be aware of all the regulation requirements and what are expectations of decision-makers and business owners.
0: Okay. And, yeah, you mentioned that the healthcare industry is already like an industry that's super regulated, super complex, and there's so many – there's 101 reasons why the healthcare industry is more complicated than any other industry – And so as a business owner, what made you want to stick to that industry compared to finding another industry that may be easier and may be looking for more IT products, but you just chose to double down on healthcare?
1: What I see now that a lot of, there is a lot of inefficiency in the industry. And if we look at the level of expenses, much of that comes from the operationals and back, back, back office side. So that means that many processes can be automated in the industry. And these regulations, on one side, they create obstacles, but on the other side, they create opportunities so that with appropriate IT solutions, we can help healthcare workers to work more efficiently. So on one side, yes, there are obstacles and regulations. On the other side, there are opportunities. And there are opportunities to bring real uh, value to businesses.
0: Okay. Okay. And you talked before when we were talking about Amigos and what you guys are doing, and you mentioned an on-demand economy. So what is an, yeah. on-demand, an on-demand economy and how can it work for healthcare?
1: Yeah. So as our listeners might know, the on-demand economy covers different digital solutions, that let customers request services or products in a few clicks and get them delivered in a relatively short period so for example uber is a classic example in the healthcare sector it can be an app that for example allows you to hire on demand nurses for a clinic or even this telemedicine platform that gives you ability gives patient to uh, gives patient ability to speak with, with a doctor And in general, on-demand economy shifts power away from businesses and gives it to consumers or in case of healthcare, to patients. So it really perfectly fits people's expectations for getting goods and services quickly and without additional efforts. And that pretty much explains the growth of this uh, on-demand economy of this new trend, For example, today, more than 280 companies uh, provide on-demand goods and services across 16 industries. And just to compare, there were only 76 such companies in only six industries back in uh, 2014. But of course, healthcare sectors has its specifics. So, for patients the wide adoption of on de- on-demand medical services is uh, more about accessibility and safety of clinical services it's uh, not just about convenience so for example telemedicine solutions uh, allow people to get quality medical advice regardless of their location and distance to the nearest hospital and that is that become much more relevant during the covid People do, just don't need to visit the doctor in, in their office in, if they have minor symptoms. But that's, uh, not, that wouldn't be fair to say that the rise of on demand services is driven only by patients. Medical staff and healthcare organizations also play a vital role in this process. So, for example, we all know about the big problem of medical staff shortages. And that's a problem, like it's a global problem. Number of doctors and nurses has increased uh, by around 10% over the past decade. But it is unlikely that this increase will be enough to cover the needs of aging populations. So we would face even more problems on staff shortages in the nearest future, I think. And that's also a problem of staff burnouts. And this issue was also worsened by pandemic. Statistics show that every second healthcare worker in the world feels a burnout. Yeah, and some industry forecasts show that in the, uh, the United States, for instance, will need to hire more than 2 million new healthcare workers by 2025 to take care of seniors. And uh, yeah, so that these factors combined show that Telehealth platforms, remote patient monitoring solution, chatbots, medical, mobile apps, all these products can directly or uh, indirectly increase the capacity of uh, the healthcare facilities and address all these problems. Yeah, so that's why I think that we will see the even more um, aggressive growth of on-demand solutions in healthcare.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I like how you mentioned Uber. And especially from like the consumer standpoint, like people, when they want something, they want it now. But when it comes to healthcare, like for some reason, when you're going through that patient journey, it's there's a lot of steps and there's a lot of um, moving parts that kind of prolongs the process. And so having your services fit the on demand economy. It helps speed up that process and provides more provides more value on the patient end as well. And you mentioned staff shortages and all that stuff, and that's what Open Loop is doing. And they identified that as a problem as well, and that's why they created their platform and how they're trying to go about tackling that issue. But from your experience, like, what other obstacles do you see around the on-demand economy within healthcare?
1: Yeah, as I previously mentioned, I think one of the major barriers is the healthcare industry is quite conservative. And it's, sometimes it is difficult for businesses in this sector to start using new technology, new software. And the reason behind that is that many stakeholders involved And all of them should agree on the implementation and usage of a new solution or usage of a new platform within their operations. And obviously, such a solution should have a measurable clinical and economic impact. And that should be addressed to all uh, stakeholders involved. And uh, often, it is not just about technology. It is about doing things differently differently which may lead to the change of existing business processes or the ways you know, the services are provided. And in the end, not all companies are open to it or can provide that, this environment for this change. And also, like another considerable obstacle to the adoption of the new technology is law and regulations. So... When it comes to legal matters, the on-demand economy is a tricky subject, really. For example, just recently, the UK Supreme Court has uh, ruled that Uber drivers are not self-employed, but they have to be considered as Uber employees. And that means they are entitled to benefits like minimum wage or holiday pay insurance and so on. And this naturally adds a huge bill to Uber's expenses and cuts their margin. And another example that the European Union doesn't have clear regulations about the on-demand economy either. Until this legislative acts finalized organizations that use on-demand platforms, including healthcare providers, cannot be certain in, in what uh, way they can, can or cannot do it. So I think if the regulations are not clear, hospitals just wouldn't work with them. But it would be fair to mention that ensuring uh, compliance with existing laws is a common challenge for organizations implementing any new software or new technologies, so not just on-demand solutions. So I don't want to be overly pessimistic, and I believe that the market demand will defeat the bureaucracy in the end.
0: Okay, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of obstacles, a lot of resistance to the space that you guys are playing around in. But like you said, without trying to be overly pessimistic, there is opportunities, which is why you are in this industry. And with opportunities, there's potential. And so when you think about the potential, what do you see when it comes to like future trends? What do you see when it comes to future trends with the on demand economy? within
1: healthcare. Um. Yeah. So I would I, I will tell not about not from not only from the on demand uh, economy perspective, but how I see like healthcare in general. So first of all, the pandemic showed that more players, both big and small, are becoming all becoming more to consolidation, and uh, this means that big players become will become even bigger. And to stay on top and continue scaling up, all of them will have to keep an eye on the latest healthcare technology. And of course, we would see more and more that big players from the industry, strategic investors will acquire technology company that would help them to be more efficient and the second companies that would like to stay afloat with will have to offer new digital solutions for their patients because the customer experience and patient experience also has changed. If they want to provide the level of service that patients expect, they will have to reimagine their business models or the ways they provide services to patients. And another interesting direction is interoperability. And there are many health tech solutions in the market, and there will be even more of them. I believe that they will be much beneficial, that will be much beneficial for patients and doctors if all systems are connected and exchange data with uh, each other. And we see that's uh, not necessarily a case for all healthcare facilities and, and companies. So let's say there is a telehealth platform where a patient can speak with their doctors. Imagine that it is connected to their health records while the medical records are linked with the billing system and the billing happens automatically. And additionally, the system gets the information about patient health, for example, blood pressure, heart rate, and so on, by pulling it from their smartwatches or wristbands. And this level of interoperability will not just make medical services more convenient, it will uh, take patient care to the next level, expand our understanding of preventive medicine and uh, solve medical critical issues uh, experienced by the public healthcare system today.
0: Okay, okay. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's crazy how much... The healthcare industry has been so slow to adopt new technology and to advance in its space. But over the last year, you can see how yeah. the industry was broken down and how it's being rebuilt based off of pretty much what you've seen through this pandemic. <laughs> but yeah. I'm curious, as far as your company, what are you guys working on behind the scenes that you're excited about and that you guys are excited to like roll out to the public?
1: Yeah, we're now working on several uh, pro- new projects in healthcare. One of them is a telemedicine and EMR solution for the Kuwait market. And it will enable video conferencing between doctors and patients, contain e-prescribing functionality, and uh, let patients buy medicine through the e-commerce module. And the solution will also allow for accessing medical history, diagnosis, previous prescriptions, lab results, and doctor's notes. So that's full telemedicine and EMR solution in the end.
0: Okay. Okay. And then before we wrap up the interview, what sort of advice would you have for other professionals who are trying to get their technology or who are getting the technology into the hands of other healthcare organizations?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, be open to new opportunities. The world is changing and new opportunities uh, come up all the time. And uh, if you know the healthcare industry and how it works, and if you can offer new solutions to old problems, that then you have all the chances to create products that will win the market and uh, create even more value.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's a good piece of advice to kind of wrap up the main segment of the interview. Um, I like to end each interview on a little more lighter exercise with something I call the rapid fire round. So I'm going to ask you a set of questions and you just give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So question number one, what is your favorite book of all time?
1: I guess it's Martin Eden by Jack London.
0: No. Okay. Number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career?
1: For now, it's uh, my fiancé.
0: Okay. Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year?
1: Um, Our goal for this year is to explore uh, the U.S. healthcare market further and get a better idea of where we can make the biggest impact with our solutions and services. We learn a lot from working with uh, our clients, but even besides that, we are assembling the advisory board that will include people with uh, relevant experience in the U.S. healthcare market. And on this note, we are open to new suggestions and I am always ready for professional discussions with people who are willing to help us and who can bring additional expertise to our team or provide more insights into the industry.
0: Awesome. And then last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self?
1: I would say that time is precious. So don't waste your time on things that won't matter in 10 years.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I think that's a perfect piece of advice way to wrap up the episode. With that being said, Ivan, I want to thank you for jumping on, sharing your story, sharing what you guys are doing to tackle some major problems in the healthcare industry. But before we go, where can people learn more about you, Domingos? Where can they connect with you if they have more questions?
1: Yeah, you can reach me out on LinkedIn or just uh, in an e- email on just going to demigas.com and fill in the form. Yeah, whatever you feel better for you.
0: <laughs> okay, for sure. And I'll be sure to include all those links in the resources section. Yeah. But with that being said, that ends today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one.